0: Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Expecting the minimum, the minimum, the minimum. That's a formula I can live by.
1: Don't be an idiot. Get up and do better.
0: (laughs) Two imperfect pastors trying to figure (laughs) it out.
1: Hey, welcome back. We are excited to be here again. Kind of getting back into some rhythm as we have had... The holidays and lots of fun there. Uh, Lots of visiting family, got, uh, you know, seeing some friends, some old friends. So we're excited to be getting back into the normal swing of life. And we hope you are enjoying Don't Be an Idiot as a part of the normal swing of your life. So we're just here to try and help you get a little bit less stupid. And obviously, that was said (laughs) with excellence. And with love. And and with love, yeah. Because honestly, our whole premise is that's what we're trying to do. And we share a lot of stories about us being idiots. And uh, so, uh, Jake, tell us what we're going to be talking about today.
0: Yeah, so I think this fits really well with our whole theme of don't be an idiot. Uh, Now, as two guys who've grown up in the Christian world, I don't even say pastors, just guys who are brought up in the Christian world, there are Mm -hmm. common one-liners and beliefs and things that people say to each other that are just straight up lies. (laughs) And so over the summer, I I read this book, uh, by Shane Pruitt. Shane Pruitt is who spoke at our teen camp. He's just Mm. a, uh, a Christian speaker. who goes a lot of camps, things like that. He's been a pastor before and it's nine common lies Christians believe. And they were selling this at our teen camp. So a lot of our students were getting hold of it. And it it was one of those, when I read it, I was like, "I, I didn't need it. Uh, but it was great because I have spent plenty of my life trying to combat silly, stupid little lies that Christians just kind of pick up and believe, especially teenagers who are impressionable.
1: So these are, don't be an idiot. These are, you not be an you, idiot yeah,
0: beliefs. Nine ways that Christians can be idiots. We could, we could have <laughs> said, but it's not that nine common lies. And I love the book because it has a jackalope on the front of it. Oh dude. Uh, so
1: my best friend going up, had one of those a stuffed and mounted jackalope on his wall and and like i remember i was probably six or seven and i remember just kind of like noticing it for the first time it was always there just like i'm actually what what the heck is that yes
0: (laughs) it's terrible so uh we just want to take a couple weeks here because we think this is this pairs so well with it and we just want to call these out and we want to give you some confidence christians to not just let these slip by because i think some of these can be really really dangerous if you believe Mm. them long enough Mm. lies have this way of being the the piece of sand that gets in your computer that just grinds away until it shuts (laughs) it down you know what i mean uh nice yeah like you let there's a reason there's things there's a filter and air filter on your car engine right if you Mm. let this this the little things get in it over time it
1: corrodes and destroys um yeah, we have a, a a lot of different ways. <laughs> so, uh, we have a lot of different ways we can be idiots. Yes. Uh, but our core beliefs are, are one of those, and and that's one of the things. Uh, really, any area where y- you could be an idiot in is something we want to talk about here and, and address. And and beliefs is obviously going to be one of those central ones that we keep coming back to. And as two guys who are dads, husbands pastors like it's going to be hitting these beliefs a lot of these are going to be hitting beliefs about christianity and so these are these are some fun ones so what what's the first let Let's one start with before? this one uh yeah where we start god
0: with? won't give you more than you can handle so god will uh <laughs> both of us are, are you know just kind of challenge each other uh to read through the bible in a year mm. and both of us are in the book of job right now as it's one of the earliest chronological books so mm-hmm. um I think the book of Job just shuts this lie down. But I think this is where it kinda got me fired up because Job gets more than he can handle. <laughs> clearly. Now, if you don't know the story of Job, just a quick, you know, this st- yeah. the story opens with God in the heavenly courtroom and there's he says, Hey, have you considered my my servant Job? There's this upright, blameless, sinless man, like this guy who's not who's doing everything mm-hmm. right. And then Satan kinda Satan the opposer, you know, um, goes against God and says, He's only good because you give given him good things. And so then God allows Satan to take those things from him so his family dies he loses all his money all you know, his land all, all of these mm. natural disasters and then evil things happen to him and then we see we find job basically in sackcloth and ashes with scabs all over his body even his health is taken from him and he can't h- handle it like near the end of the book god has to correct correct job and like hey who basically who do you think that i am is <laughs> you know what god's saying mm. and it just screams the whole time no you don't have you know god's Bad things happen to you, and you can't handle them all the
1: time. Mm. So could you flesh out for me a little bit of what context, like, like, why are people saying this? Why are people holding to this as a Christian belief that seemed, God won't give you more than you can handle?
0: I, I think because when people get to the end of their rope or they have lived a sinful life enough where they're starting to get consequences of those sins they start looking for ways out. And they're like, you know, it's almost like this pump up mantra. I know I can get through this because God wouldn't give me anything more than I, ha- I can handle. Uh, and, and the dangerous thing here is, is that there's a little bit of truth in here that says that through God, you can handle it with God. But if you try to rely on yourself, you're going to end up broken and further away. And so you normally see this in some kind of little one-liner way. And it's like someone on Facebook or something's posting like, hey, you know, my dog died this week, but I know I can get through it because God wouldn't give me anything more than I can handle. Uh, uh, No. You know what I mean? Uh, One, it's always, it's never true suffering that the person's going through, at least that I have seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's just this little quippy way to, I always want to tell someone like, well, show me the Bible verse that says that.
1: Okay. So I'm going to show you the Bible verse. Uh, you're going to show me the Bible verse people take to yes. twist the truth into a lie is what you're going to so, show me. So First Corinthians 10 yep. says, no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man and God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he'll also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it or handle it. So.
0: Just what is the thing, Caleb, that you notice that God is... So when you're in the middle of the temptation and the hard stuff happens, who gives the way out? Right. Your own ability? It says there, God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape.
1: So there's almost like as we hear that, we take this verse and rather than applying it to overcoming sin... We apply it to everything in life. You could say here,
0: temptation isn't necessarily suffering, first of all, right? No. You know, uh, Paul is, is writing to a, a really pretty wicked culture in the cor- mm-hmm. Corinth uh, culture. And he's trying to get people to stop walking. And sexual sin is a huge part of this. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Let's just put it in that context. God is saying like, hey, you don't have to act on this temptation, you don't have to just be, you know, the Greek thought was like, you know, I'm just going to revel in, you know, what's happening. I'm only of myself, my own body. You know, this sexual stuff is not sin. Uh, this is how they worship their gods. You know what I mean? mm-hmm. He's like, hey, just because you feel like you have to do this, I tell this myself all the time, doesn't mean you have, just because you think it doesn't mean you have to do it. You know, what I mean? mm-hmm. he's. Just uh, I heard, because you think it doesn't I, mean. I heard a Christian, um, Preston Sprinkle actually is the guy that said that he has great theology on uh, sexual ethics and integrity and things like that, talking about. If you are paying attention and you are, you know, trying to seek after God, especially in sexual temptation, you will start to notice ways that God is letting you have outs. Mm. And he, and that could be, he tells a story one time of he was uh, home alone with his girlfriend mm-hmm. and legitimately like they they kind of move upstairs to, you know, fall into that temptation of sexual sin. And the dog downstairs just starts going crazy and starts barking <laughs> and he goes, I'm not trying to over-spiritualize this, but you know. The Holy God Spirit kind, right of, away kind of knocking on, on the door of my heart there, saying like, hey, are you where you should be right now?
1: Okay, so pull that. So God absolutely will not give you more than you can handle with temptation and that there always is a way of escape. But what then is the difference there between the temptation and yeah, where this is a lie where this what we're talking about today that uh, god won't give me more than i can handle just in life in general what's the difference let's
0: just take a really popular thing that just happened in the culture right now last week i believe it was last week there was a school shooting mm. and a sixth grade child died mm. uh i'm not i can't confidently say my, my children are alive and healthy praise god but uh one do you think the parents were emotionally stable to handle that? Hmm. I I don't know anything about the family. I just, that is a tragic situation. I can tell you, I am not ready to handle that. I am not enough to Hmm. handle that. If something like that happens, you have to fall back on the creative of the universe. And and there's other side saying that we live in this broken and sinful and fallen world where Hmm. corrupt and evil things happen, that God's not, God's not doing those things. Hmm. Uh, So whether it's by the consequences of your own actions or just by the the fact that you're living in this broken and sinful world, things are going to happen to you. Someone's going to get cancer, right? Something is, something's going to happen where you realize I am not enough. Mm. I don't have what it takes as, you know, uh, Oh, what's
1: that? John Eldridge, I think uh, in a uh, wild at heart, wild at heart. Yeah. It's the, 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 the haunting question. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is actually where I, I was going in my own head with this is just, this um, is almost antithetical meaning it's directly opposed to the core message of the Bible. And what I mean by that is they're hey, the, preaching the, right the, now. <laughs> it's so good. No, I'm, I'm the I'm question here for it. is, do I have what it takes? And what's fascinating is, is up until the fall, the answer was, yeah. yeah. And then they chose sin. And then as you look at the specifically the curse on man, is that he, the, 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 uh, sorry, uh, just side note there. It's not the curse on man. The only two things cursed in Genesis chapter three are the ground mm-hmm. and, and the serpent, not Adam and Eve. They were never cursed. They get consequences. They get consequences. But words are important. And, and the Bible does not use the word curse for Adam and Eve, but the ground is cursed. And Adam's consequence is that everything in life will continually be telling him that he does not have what it takes. He goes to the ground and he doesn't have what it takes to produce that. He goes to his wife and he doesn't have what it takes to just live in harmony with her. He goes, it looks at his kids and he doesn't have what it takes to live in harmony with them. He goes to his relationship with God and he no longer has what it takes in and of himself. And that's the, that's the whole point of the gospel is that you don't have what it takes. God has, God is continually giving you more than you can handle in, in life because he's trying to prove to you that you can't handle it. I,
0: stri- just think about the Old Testament and yes. we're, we're given the law. What's the New Testament say the point of the law was? To,
1: draw, to show us our need <laughs> for him. The whole thing. That he gave you more than, yes. than you could take. Well, yeah. And just look through the, the every story. Uh, uh, Noah. Noah. does he have no he didn't know the weather he doesn't know a storm is coming he had to listen
0: to god's the door on the ark
1: who closed (laughs) the door who told him how to build it who then brought the rain who then brought the wind who brought the dry land who brought the (laughs) granary just just in that one story Noah did not have what it takes except for to simply listen and obey and respond to what god has said he will do
0: Well, even take it pre fall here, just a Mm -hmm. little bit. Did God create you to be this autonomous, self only thing? Like Mm -hmm. this question kind of says, I have within me everything I need to survive and thrive. Yeah, God at the point of creation, not only gives him gives us Himself and saying like, Hey, you are living in. In community with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But then he creates Adam and he says, Hey, it is not good that you would be alone. Mm-hmm. And so, even in the creation of the world and of people and of the order in perfection, he's saying this is meant to be in community. Mm-hmm. And so, there's this very American idea that says, All I need is me. Mm-hmm my job and my guns. <laughs> oh, maybe my dog. <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know. Um, but if it's country music, then yeah, yeah, you I just, I want to push back because and- in our community, in our culture, this this is the danger here that I have everything I need. I don't need to go to church. I don't need mm-hmm. to read my Bible. I don't need to be in a community. I don't need to be with, with men. I don't need to have friends that I'm vulnerable with. I don't need these things because, you know, God would never give me something more than I,
1: more than I can handle. And it, it, we can go just through the story of the Bible. I, uh next next main character abraham can't produce his son god can't give me more than i can you can't in yourself produce his son like <laughs> israel through judges uh yeah. can't do it they can't, can't, do they it. can't keep can't, out of trouble uh, <laughs> david I, is the king you know, side this. story uh reading judges with my kids and i just had to stop before the end like you can get through samson and then after that it it gets real dicey <laughs> Yes, it's it does. Very, you gotta be kind of careful. Very R-rated. <laughs> the
0: Bible is not PG. No, it's not even PG thirteen. No, yeah, so you, no, you gotta be careful.
1: Uh, but that—that—that's the whole. It's the whole thing. You, God continually gives people more than they can handle as far as life events, in order to drive them back to Him. And now the, the with specifically temptation in Jesus Christ. If you're, we talked about the first the Corinthians passage, he's writing specifically to believers. And and so that's where that differs because you are now one who is in Christ and through Christ, Philippians 4.13, through Christ, I can do all things. And by the way, that's famine and nakedness and peril and beatings. Oh, uh, I just got to come back from, from passion. And uh, one of the speakers. Um,
0: Pause here as you as you think about it because Passion is the the number one worship and teaching conference in the world. Like it's it's huge. It's in Atlanta. It's been happening for like twenty five years now. Passion is like a huge Christian conference. Um, so yeah, keep going.
1: No, no, that's great. Because uh, it it uh, gave me time to um, look up th- this verse. It's it's in Romans uh, chapter eight. It's it's this pinnacle crescendo verse. Uh, Uh, sorry, I'm trying to figure out where I went. Oh, so, so he's, Paul is arguing, uh, giving really a persuasive logical argument for why we desperately need Christ. And, uh, I'll start in verse 34. Who is it to condemn us? Who, who, who is to condemn us? Christ Jesus, the one who died wasn't that who is raised and is at the right hand of God who is indeed interceding for us. Mm. Uh, that's beautiful picture. But then, uh, Who can separate us from the love of Christ? And then this is this list. So tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are guarded as sheep for the slaughter. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And the speaker's point, <laughs> I've always heard this and I've read this for myself in the in the sense that that's how strong and powerful God's love is, which is incredible and amazing. And that is the main it's point. not wrong. Yeah, no, you're, you're not wrong. The, no, that is 100% the main point of this verse. But he said, Interestingly, that verse also shows you that those things will all happen to you. The reason he listed it is because those are things you're likely to face. And it's a reminder that even when you're facing those things, God is still there with you. That his love is stronger than those things. And by the way, it began with death.
0: Paul's writing that as someone who's watching that happen to the Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just stop and compare the the Facebook post that says, God won't give me anything more than I can handle to the Bible scripture of saying, oh, hey, uh, God's going to be there for you when you face this, 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 all the things that you can't handle.
1: The the main point he was saying, uh, he, I'm not even sure which one, because this was kind of a theme through many of their, at least that I heard yeah. Uh, in many of the different speakers, was God do, isn't going to deliver you from Fill in the blank. That's good. He's going to deliver you through. Mm. God isn't going to deliver you from, but he's going to deliver you through.
0: I just, I'm thinking about what Jesus says. I have to go so that my, the helper will come and reside mm. inside of you. So that when these things are happening, it's,
1: oh, I'm already there with you. I'm, I'm there with you. Uh,
0: it, yeah. Clearly guys, this is something that, when Caleb and I looked at this, I was like, we don't really have to study this guys. This is, we're going to pop off pretty <laughs> hard. I, I just want to go back to what Caleb, one of his first points was, is like, Hey, this question is so against what the gospel says mm, that mm-hmm. this lie has to be rejected openly.
1: And, and I think what, what I, I love about this question and, and talking and thinking about this is because our society goes one of two directions right now. There's the, uh, I'm gonna hate on him a little bit, but just the Joe Rogan or uh, Peter Jordan that like Jordan uh, Peterson. Jordan Peterson, yeah, yeah. You're I good. said it, and I was like, "That's not right." <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- those guys who like you have what it takes. Uh, uh, Jocko Willings, like yeah, yeah. get up,
0: uh, I'm gonna eat nails for breakfast. David Goggins, yeah,
1: <laughs> all those guys, like. You know that that are the whole. You have what it takes, and then the other side of culture right now is screaming, "You're a victim of everything that's ever you know like you're powerless. You you can't do it." So like for me as a Christian, like a, and as a, a choice maker and as a man, like I want to go the the Joe Rogan and the and the Jocko side, and I'm gonna eat nails and I can <laughs> overcome it all. And the but then the other side, like, the gospel is is right there like yeah in christ you can e- eat nails and land a bed of thorns and we'll yes. survive uh stoning and <laughs> shipwreck and uh beatings like paul says uh once you're in christ but before christ you're the the other side of what culture is saying is yeah you are powerless you you don't have what it takes but it's meant you,
0: to drive you to the one who <laughs> gives yeah,
1: that our culture now celebrates that powerlessness oh, it's wild like and, and uh, the m- more powerless you're perceived to be the more uh, power you actually have but uh, that's a whole but that that in itself is not a good position I'm, I'm gesturing with my hands <laughs> Jake's looking at my arms Hand waving. talkers. yeah, yeah sorry uh, but that that whole position is not good in and of itself there's nothing redeeming about being weak in and of itself only weakness in so that we realize our Need for Christ. So just that lie. God won't give you more than you can handle.
0: Reject it. Do not be an idiot Christian.
1: Don't be an idiot Christian. Yeah. And so just thinking about that, except for where Scripture clearly says when it comes to overcoming temptation. God won't won't give you temptation that you're powerless to face. The funny thing
0: is here, like when I'm tempted... I feel way more powerless than when I'm struggling with something and suffering. Like oh, I can get through this. Oh yeah. And then when temptation, oh, I can't fun. get through the temptation. But that's the so one, the, good. the one that the Bible promised me that I can get out of, I'm always the one ignoring it. I that's can't. so good.
1: Yeah. Let's. Th- <laughs> I just want to sit there for a second, like. Yeah. So yeah, because right, we always what I what I want to do is not what I do, and what I don't want to do, that's what I do. <laughs> yes. And so, like the the things Scripture says, we we can't overcome the things out there, the the just the life. The, the hard things in life that mm-hmm. the, you started with the, your, your child getting suddenly taken from you.
0: Oh, uh, I can't think of anything worse.
1: Oh, that, that sounds so horrendous. Like, you need Christ. You desperately need Christ for that. And that's what we all think we can handle, you know, or, or just figure it out. Oh, we've... uh. uh we've got a funny phrase that we've been asking and we were just talking about before the podcast started. Can you land the plane? Yeah. (laughs) Do you want (laughs) to Yeah.
0: It's this idea that, you know, uh, something like there was a test asked of men, Hey, if you're in a plane, we said this on the podcast before, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's going down. Could you, you feel like you can land the plane and
1: half mm-hmm. of men are like, dude, yes. Got it. Yeah. Nailed it. 100%. And,
0: and both of us are in that category. Yeah.
1: We're both 100% confident yeah. we can land a plane if we need to land the plane. Not saying idiot or not. Just <laughs>
0: that's where we're landing. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So we, we approach life with this. God's not going to give me more than I can handle because I can freaking handle anything. I can land the plane. And God's like, mmm.
0: But it's just this corruption of you know Adam wasn't cursed, but there's always this corruption of even Adam and even the garden where Adam's going out and thinking like I, I can do this, I got
1: this, I got, it. and that's why God made the ground.
0: That's why God <laughs> cursed the ground and not Adam, so that when <laughs> yeah. he got up to it and he couldn't do it anymore, the natural place that should be to turn is to God. Mm. But the problem is, is we often turn to other things excuses of like, oh, they didn't like me. The, the mm-hmm. thing about my wife who just, you know, is a teacher like, oh, you know, the teacher's unfair or you just didn't do your homework, you know, or like, you know, I didn't uh, get to raise because the other guy is unfairly favored over me right. or he works harder. Or know? he works
1: harder. <laughs> uh, two things. One, there's a meme that I've seen recently that I have died laughing at uh, it's talked about hey quit saying school didn't teach it to you i they did you were talking <laughs> or asleep like i definitely learned fractions <laughs> in school or they at least t- tried to teach me fractions tried, in school. <laughs> like, uh, as, as spouses of teachers and educators like uh, who have seen that and like it, we've seen people post things like why didn't school teach this and my wife's like i did you were in my class yep like <laughs> just why didn't you teach me about taxes we had a whole segment on taxes and like <laughs> uh
0: <laughs> yeah my government class we went over taxes and you know all of those
1: things how do you get the roads in front of your house uh
0: yeah. Yeah. i try to not complain too much about my tax that's not the point of this yeah, whole, yeah, thing, yeah. but because i'm like also i enjoy my roads like, so
1: and i enjoy the things that <laughs> I do, so. the the point there with that is just that um <laughs> i forgot the point <laughs> uh the the
0: you were saying that uh, we did teach you that. Like, we, stop saying you didn't learn those things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, it, it's good. So this whole this whole lie of, like, God won't give me more than I can handle, uh, it, it shows itself in a lot of ugly ways, and it and it shows itself in the ways that, even if you're not saying this out loud and posting it, I think this is an easy one to believe. Because like, mm. the other side of it is, like, I got what it takes. Mm-hmm. When the Bible explicitly says, you do not. Mm. You
1: don't. And, and I, this is yeah this is good this is good and and thinking through uh so so what are some ways i guess let's make it practical because you love that so what are some ways we can help remind ourselves both sides of this that the right answer on both sides with temptation there's an that we have no excuse for ever giving into temptation so what are some ways we can remind ourselves of of that reality Uh, i think
0: temptation specifically if you're thinking that you need to be honest with yourself you mm-hmm. need you need to start telling yourself the truth uh i'm thinking about the way you know i, I could say man I, I have a sweet tooth i can't say no to sugar no you're just lazy and undisciplined you know what i mean or you know if it's sexual purity things like that or you know pornography use online like just start saying like this is a problem that i have and then once you're honest with yourself you need to bring the resources that God has given you into those things, your friends, your mm. mentors, you know, uh, mm. God be praying about it, mm-hmm. you know, seeking those things out. Uh, that'd be a really, really practical way. Like just stop and be honest with yourself. That's a really hard thing to do. And then just turn to the one who says he'll
1: give you a way out. The, uh, there's a business book r- written by a Christian, uh, I think. His name's John Acuff. And, uh, He's a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's called Soundtracks. Mm-hmm. This and, is great. Yeah. And, and this is, for me, it was a really, um, I'm an addict in recovery. We'll just say it like that. And one of the things is is that when I was in that addiction, I, I beat myself up a lot. Um, and I'd feel terrible. And they put all these markers like, hey, when I, you know, this age or at this phase of life or blah, 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 and I'll never do it again. And then, and then when I would fail, uh, it would be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I am this, it was this all or nothing. And, oh, I'm going to never again do this. And one of the things you learn, uh, in, in recovery is to change your soundtrack and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm good today. I'm working on right now. It's 10 minutes, (laughs) 10 minutes from now. I'm working. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking the rest of my life. I'm I'm focused on right That's now. Great. And and so just changing that little soundtrack of I don't know, I you know, holding that free I'm 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 good now. I'm gonna not do it right now it was a big deal for me.
0: A way a way I've heard that said and it helps me is I have not arrived. Mm. Just because last week was a successful week or just because I went this week and I hit all my goals, doesn't mm. mean next week I'm gonna do it. Or hmm. next week is gonna get easier. Right. Like it's you're gonna be there, you're gonna be struggling. Uh, if God says he's going to give you a way out, you need to learn to recognize those ways out. Sometimes it might be the dog barking like we talked mm-hmm. about earlier, but other right. times <laughs> it might be just the physical discipline that God has called you to.
1: Right. The Yeah. That God had called you to train your mind and prepare yourself for action. Okay. So then that, that's the temptation side. What about the reality? Just what are ways, and maybe this is just something beyond your scope uh, to just embrace the fact that you don't have what it takes to handle all of the, the crises of life, to handle all of the issues of life, not in a victim defeatism, but in a in a healthy way? What are some ways to, to do that, I guess?
0: Uh, I, I think I understand your question. I, I'm going to take it in this direction a little bit. we talked often here about how stress is a choice, mm, and, and mm-hmm. what we've often meant is like, hey, you're actively choosing to just lose your mind in this moment. So right. if, something, if something's going on, whether it's by consequence of your sin or just natural sin and evil in the world and something happens to you, like taking a step back and realizing like, Hey, the world's not, I, if, if I'm breathing air, it's not, I'm not done. Mm-hmm. The Bible says when you're done breathing air, if you're a Christian, you're not done. You know what <laughs> I mean? So, uh, either way, I guess there, mm-hmm. but like just practically stepping back and being like, this, this is not as big of a decision as I think it is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a silly example, you know, Sean and I are going on a trip and, uh, we were sitting at lunch and I got a text about, Hey, your flight has been canceled. Mm. and it's and i was like i could freak out here mm. or i could stop and just try to oh, frozen theology just mm. do the next right thing just mm-hmm. find the next right thing mm-hmm. um this has been big for me because my whole life advice to me has been well you know the two words caleb what's the advice given to me
1: slow down slow down
0: and and that is everything from my speaking to my decision making to the temptation in my life mm-hmm. i have found if i just slow down and take a breath Yes. <laughs> See how slow that breath was. If I, then oftentimes the answer is right in front of me. So mm. in temptation, the escape's gonna be in front of you. In the reality of, I don't have what it takes. Mm. Uh, so what can I do now? Mm. Um, am I just falling on the mercies of God? Mm. You know what I mean? Or am I seeking out a relationship that God's given me that I can be real and honest with? You know, things like that. So, In,
1: uh, in our studio, there's, it's also doubles. As, As our room. prayer room, for some yeah. reason, <laughs> in our church. And on the wall is written uh, this command in Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious for anything, but in prayer and uh, supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And I was actually listening to a podcast this morning that was kind of talking about this. And anxiety and depression and stress are such huge issues in our world. And, and it has to do with this premise, is that we have uh, the the reason you're anxious or stressed or depressed often has to do with specifically anxiety is that you think you're in control of all these things. You think you have what it takes and God's like, but you don't. So then how does he give us the reality says you don't. and, And then we end up anxious, but God commands us. It's not a question. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. Don't be anxious. And one of the really practical things Uh, the, that I heard in the podcast this morning was when you're looking at a situation, ask yourself, is there anything I can do about this?
0: Oh, it's so good.
1: (laughs) Is there anything? And if, and if there is great, go do that thing. If there's not, then stop it. (laughs) Stop thinking about it because that then becomes anxiety. Um, That, that is anxiety. And that is a command from God to not do that. If you can't do anything about it, then embrace it. Like you were just saying. Uh,
0: What book were we reading? Or was it a book or was it a pastor that was was talking about you get to control what you think? Mm, Yeah. This is emotional maturity. This Mm -hmm. is what it looks like where you start to think, I get to control the things that come into my head. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't mean that I can always stop Right. a negative or sinful or whatever thought, but I get to control where that goes. You know, the Bible tells you to think on these things, whatever's yeah, yeah, good, yeah. whatever's holy, what, like those are the things that we get to think about. And so when I say stress is a choice, I'm often, mm-hmm. this, is, this is exactly what I mean. Like mm-hmm. I can lose my mind here and mm-hmm. I can run in different directions and I can typically, it means I make the problem worse <laughs> or I can slow down and I can ask my, this is a great question. If you take anything from this, this is a great one, right? What can I do about this situation right here, right now? If the answer is nothing, Great. Let it
1: go. More frozen. Remind yourself of who (laughs) God is. Like, hey, I I know the one who does have control of it. Yeah. Crashing the chatterbox says that. Oh, yeah. Come up with the the positive words. Great. God has... That's. uh, I was hating on Jocko earlier, Uh, but I actually love a lot of what he has to say. Like, (laughs) when you face something that's going terribly wrong, good. And then change the soundtrack. Good. Now I have the... uh, My wife left me. Good. Now I know how to... Now I have... Time to work on a better relationship, to examine myself and figure it out, what I did wrong.
0: I go into Uh, debt because I made a bad financial decision. Good. Okay, now you can grow and learn from that and maybe apply some biblical principles to those things. Now I can
1: start learning new... uh, And so, uh, coming up with some... Good. Now I have a chance to lean into the goodness of God. Yeah. Good. Now I get to know God in a deeper, more intimate way. Good. Whatever it is. Yeah. This is such a common belief, guys,
0: and it's such an opportunity for us to not be idiots Mm. here as we walk in our daily life. So if you catch yourself thinking this, stop, remind yourself of who God is, who the Bible says he is, the Lord, the Lord, strong and mighty, it says, you know what I mean, Uh, Mm. with steadfast love, gracious, merciful, like that's who God is. And then remind yourself, you do not have what it takes. And until you rely on the Holy Spirit, Christian, and Jesus is the one that gives you the way through, what was that line you said earlier? He's not going to help you from it.
1: He, got, God doesn't deliver you from anything. He delivers you through things. Oh, so good. I mean, that's the, so every story in the Bible. Think about that. Yeah. It's rarely from what's going on. It's yeah. through.
0: So. Hey, we have some more lies coming up in the next couple mm-hmm. of weeks. One of, one of the favorites just tee up a little bit is, uh, the live like heaven gained another angel today. Mm. Uh, that'll be a fun one to next talk about. Week, so yeah, we can't wait to see you next week. And I just got to mention, I'm looking here at Caleb and his oh, yeah. maze in blue. uh Michigan just won the national championship, it's the first time since '97. Caleb's all pumped and excited.
1: Yeah, will yeah. we find out this morning? Yes, we. Oh, you. Oh, Time is coming. Yes. What, yeah, we find Cal- out?
0: It was t- Caleb was ten years old. I was when ten
1: years old in, in 1997.
0: In 2001, I was ten years old when Oh You won it last. So what we're saying in four years i gotta wait four four years years. for you i'm four years is how you we'll uh, put a stamp on it so (laughs) thank you guys uh for our faithful non-idiots that are listening week in and week out that's right Uh, we'll be back next week don't be an idiot